a small one-man fighter should be able to penetrate the outer defense. Pardon me for asking, sir, but what good are snub fighters going to be against that? Well, the Empire doesn't consider a small one-man fighter to be any threat, or they'd have a tighter defense. Man your ships, and may the force be with you. Men of low moral fiber? I don't think you should drink that. Hey. Hello. We can stop now, then. Wrong and stupid. Nonsense. It makes me feel great. <laughs> but it would be nice to be able to, to stab him in the throat. Can I keep the head to a souvenir? <laughs> wow. Okay, we're done here. We're done here. Uh, good morning, pilots, and welcome to another rebellious episode of like Men of Low Moral Fiber, the show that always shoots first. I'm your host, Ben Helms, and with me, as always, is my Mon Calamari Star Cruising co host and brother, Jason Helms. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Speaking of Mon Calamari, I found some great vegan calamari this week, and it's oh. just blowing my mind. I'm going to get you to try some of this. That's it will happen. Thing. It's That's so good. It's so good. Vegan calamari. Oh, something Admiral Akbar himself could eat. Oh, <laughs> With no, without having to eat in his closet as right. he's slowly crying. Right. Right. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, uh, welcome, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, we are excited today to chat about uh, the, actually the first LucasArts game set in the Star Wars universe, computer game set, set in the Star Wars universe, uh, and that's 1993's X-Wing or Star Wars colon X-Wing. Uh, there's a lot of uh, Star Wars space simulation games, uh, but this one kind of precedes all of them. I would say all of them, uh, at least on the computer. Uh, Jay, if you had to grade your playing experience over the past few weeks playing X-Wing uh, on a scale from 1 to 48, uh, one being Rebel Assault, which was a little difficult, uh, Rebel Assault without cheats, uh, and 48 being Dark Forces at its very best, uh, where would you grade this game? I would question the grading system because I was wrong. It turns out that Rebel Assault is a six on that scale and X-Wing is a one. Oh, yikes. Because here's the difference. I finished Rebel Assault. Oh, I had to use cheats, but I did finish it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with Rebel Assault, Rebel Assault 2, Dark Forces, I think there's 15 to 16 levels on each one. This game seemed a little endless. Uh, we'll, we'll get there, but yeah, this was a, this was a long one that neither of us quite got to the end. So we'll get to that. But uh, b- before we get into it, I really, yeah. I do want to say, we know that the X-Wing fans are out there. We know yes. some of you have been waiting the entire podcast, yes. the entire time we've been on for this episode. It I'll tell you now, right now, yeah. we're going to disappoint you. Yeah. Um, but it has nothing to do with an honest, um, just appraisal of the game. It's not that we're saying this is a bad game. So we're going to get into it, but it's a game that, for the same reasons, a lot of point-and-click adventures worked really well for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one is just impossible for me. Yeah, we might get into the fact that there not every game is built for our schedule. They're like, yeah. hey, play it for a couple weeks and then talk about it. That's, yeah. This might have missed the mark on that, so that's maybe our fault. But we had to play every game. So, uh, yeah, it was a little rough, uh, but we powered through uh, for the love of the pod. So say we all. Anyway, so say we all. Uh, on today's show, uh, we're going to dig into the making of X-Wing, kind of how it uh, came to be, uh, then chat about gameplay for a bit, uh, and then we will uh, talk more about gameplay, and then about gameplay. and then, Some gameplay. And then some gameplay, because there was a lot of it. Don't want to miss that. Uh, then we'll, we're going to try out a new segment today called uh, How We Change the Game. Uh, it's a pretty creative title. It's a, it's a part of the show where we talk about what we do to change the game. 
So it's kind of a play on words of changing the game where we actually mean changing the game. Anyway, uh, then it's of a course reference we'll play... to the 2011 Game Changer book uh, about the 2008 yes. election, of course. I'm glad you picked that up. Thank you. It was, it was pretty deep cut there. Uh, then, of course, we'll play a bone crunching round of what's the beer, what's the song. Uh, then we'll finish things off uh, by talking about next month's game. Okay. And uh, one thing before that, just yeah. before we get to the beer and the song and right after the Game Changer reference, yes. Yes. I have something special for Ben that he doesn't know about, a, a little challenge. So uh, oh, no. we'll get to that. Uh, first challenge, though, before we even get to there, I'm really excited about the song, uh, the two-minute song you wrote for Game Changer. Uh, that music bump is going to be really, really good when you fit it in later. I uh, hope yeah. it's overproduced. Yeah, I'm excited for that and all the time that I have this week to to, to think of the <laughs> song and write it, record it, and then produce it. Oh, it's totally just going to be game change. Uh, it might be like literally one chord on guitar. <laughs> game changer! And then we're done. Cut, print. So, that might have been it. That we was, it. Just that was it. it. We wrote it. Cool. All right. So where, uh, where should we start? All right, well, let's start with history. You mentioned that this was the first Star Wars game made by LucasArts. And mm -hmm. I think that's something that's, that's odd to most right. people. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Because um, so far as I can tell, that's true, actually, unless you found The first else. one made for DOS, so made for PCs. Oh, yes, yes, you're absolutely yeah. right. This is yeah. um, for PCs. Yeah. Because they had console rights, and so there was Star Wars and Super right. Star Wars before this. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Empire Strikes Back, all those ones, yeah. And in fact, Rescue on Fractalis, one of their first games, was actually supposed to be a Star Wars game. Mm -hmm. And the reason that wasn't is the reason that this also was the first one, which is that another company owned the rights to right. Star Wars games. Our neighbor. Our neighbor. Broderbund Software, another Marin County native. <laughs> Let's bring this podcast to what it's really about. Jason and I and our childhood. So, I mean, okay, so you're biking from LucasArts. Let me right, just walk right. you through this, right? Yeah, Lucas Valley great, Road. Great bike trail that heads yeah. right by Broderbund. That's how you mm. cut off the 101. Okay. Oh, Nevada, we, yep, we got to yep. skip this. Yeah. So, Killer um, hill, I, but once you get over it and you start going down... Oh, oh my gosh, let the brakes such loose, and woo! It's so All much right. fun. You yeah. can fly. Uh, which brings me back to X-Wing. Nice. Uh, Segway. So, um, we won't get into all the legal, legal stuff, because I don't totally understand it, but suffice to say, LucasArts got the uh, rights back. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, they, Lawrence Holland, uh, who is the creator of this game, uh, had created Battlefield 1942, and Secret Weapons of the Luftwaffe in the late 80s and early 90s for uh, Lucasfilm games, uh, soon to become LucasArts. Um, and uh, these were both great um, uh, flight sims. I remember playing Secret Weapons of the Luftwaffe. Ben, do you remember that game at all? I remember Battle something 1942. Hold, uh, Battle Hawks. Battle, Battle Hawks 1942. Thank you. Not Battlefield 1942. I remember very briefly, very yeah. difficult, choppy, poly polygonal yep. Yep. gameplay. Yep. Um, and Secret Weapons of the Luftwaffe, definitely better graphics. Um, yeah. I also remember it being kind of impossible in the way that all flight simulators were for me, um, just yeah. to keep control of that many different uh, buttons and things like that, all the stuff you could do. Yeah. Um, although I do remember playing the Chuck Yeager flight simulator in the mid-80s. What? That thing was impossible. That sounds awesome. It was. <laughs> it really was. That sounds um, awesome. Apparently you didn't pretty, have the right stuff. Great. Yeah. hey okay. Hey! Okay. So Secret Weapons of the Luftwaffe was just impossible, but really, really fun. You were flying like a stealth bomber, you know, one of those flying wings uh, and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, were you Nazis? No, I think you got to try out the weapons. I don't remember the storyline, man. All I was right. like 11. Okay. Um, 
Anyway, so Lawrence Holland is still getting after um, his bosses at uh, LucasArts, I think at the time Lucasfilm Games, and uh, wants to do a Star Wars flight sim, but he can't. They get the rights. All of a sudden, he's released on this thing. And nobody can believe what he's doing. He's he's pushing the limits of graphics and of gameplay and all this stuff. Uh, Lawrence Holland actually, so far as I can tell, was not – I think he was technically part of LucasArts, but it it was this weird kind of uh, sub-company called Totally Games Mm -hmm. that made all the uh, X-Wing games. Uh, And then they were uh, published by LucasArts. Uh, But he was in communication with them. He was working with them and talked about being taken out to dinner by the president of Lucasfilm at the time, um, which was like the coolest thing in the world. Uh, So that that was kind of the highlight of his career up to that point. Um, And who wouldn't it be for? Um, It's true. So came out in 1993, like all the best games ever. Um, It's actually, wow, yeah. More than half the games we've covered this year have come out in 1993, huh? So, yeah, not to get too far from it, but I've been racking my brain over the last two months about this. If you had to pick a year and just play games from that year for the rest of your life, you couldn't play any other year's games, what year would it be? Day of the Tentacle, Zombies at My Neighbors, Rebel Assault, and X-Wing. It's 1993, right? That's the answer. Yeah. We have to look it up and find out what else happened that year. Um, That's not even counting all the other games. I'm sure there's like a cool Street Fighter game that came out that year. There's There's just the ones on this episode. Jeez, man. Just the ones on this podcast. Oh, um, oh, gotcha, gotcha. No, no, that's what I'm saying is those are just the ones on the podcast. You're right. Oh, yeah, yeah, others. yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, th- those are some of the things uh, I found out about how it was made. It was a huge success at the time, won multiple awards. And mm-hmm. so far as I can tell, it's the worst game in the X-Wing series. Um, people are actually bigger fans of TIE Fighter, uh, which was a sequel to it, of course. Right. Uh, before TIE Fighter, it had a ton of extan- expansion packs, which is one of the reasons that the gameplay felt so daunting uh, if you buy it on GOG, it includes all the expansion packs. So you're looking at like eight tours of duty or something yeah. like that. And you're thinking, there's yeah. no way I can ever do this. Uh, well, the original game was a little bit shorter. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was overwhelming. When you go download on GOG, there's the 93 version, the 94 version, and the 98 remastered version. And we played the remastered because it includes most of the other stuff just with all the add-ons. But it was definitely – there's a lot to sift through even just in downloading it and getting it started. There's, it's a lot going on. So I think we're at a good place now to shift towards um, gameplay. Does that sound good, Ben? Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah. Uh, although I did notice one cool thing in the research that uh, in one of the limited editions, I guess, in I think in the 93, the original version, uh, there was a 96-page novella, The Farlander Papers by Roussel de Maria, that provided a more kind of personal story along with your character. Yeah. For X-Wing, in case you didn't think there was enough exposition before and after every single mission. Yeah. 96 pages of additional information. Well, kind of like <laughs> Dark Forces, uh, yeah. this game actually had a huge hit in the expanded universe. Uh, oh, It's gotcha. not quite Kyle Katarn, but, right. you know, similar kind of thing. Kian? Kian? Farlander? Kian? Exactly. Kian. I agree. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's get into the gameplay a little bit. Um, so the setup for the game is uh, you start uh, on a rebel ship. I think it's the, the Mon Calamari Intrepid Enterprise Inter- Independence, Independence Freedom Town. Yep. Uh, where, yeah, you're talking with Admiral Akbar, and he's like, okay, register your name here, then jump in. You can pick one of three play types. Uh, 
proven ground or proving ground, which is basically training where you can fly through some gates and kind of learn the controls. Uh, the second one is historical simulator where basically you can play some cool levels that aren't a part of the main story. And then the main story is called tour of duty, uh, which is where you can progress through the three kind of main parts of the game. So, uh, in, in tour of duty, the main part of the game, you get, you get briefed, um, sometimes by Admiral Akbar, different admirals and generals before they tell you what's going on in the mission, what you need to do. Then you get in your X wing your a wing, your B wing, your Y wing, whatever you get in for that level. And you jump into space and the whole game other than the menus takes place in space. There's yep. no like random third person, first person shooter, three quarter overhead, like 100% in space, which I is kind of cool. In a sense, doesn't everything happen in space? <laughs> Go on. Whoa, bro. Whoa. That's good. Uh, so I think the first thing I was struck with was this game a has photon so torpedo. was lasers was the, this this game has uh, after being struck by those lasers. The second thing I realized was this this game has a lot of controls, a lot of controls. Uh, took me a while to find the the manual that had a two page like hundreds of different controls that it was just the, probably the most overwhelming I felt starting a video game. Fun pro tip, uh, yeah. the different editions of it have different controls, and oh. you can find all of them online. I did see the Xbox version where I was looking at videos of different levels, and the Xbox one actually, the Xbox one looks really cool as far as the graphics are a yeah. little better. It looks like the controls are a little tighter. Cool. Um, but yeah, even after a couple hours of playing, I was playing with a PS3 controller that I uh, Bluetooth connected to my computer and played on it, and it was just, it never felt comfortable. I got better. And, like, there was times I'm like, okay, TIE Fighter, lock on, get a proton torpedo or whatever. Like, sometimes it felt routine. Sometimes some parts felt easier. But overall, it was just constantly, if not frustrating, like, fumbling. I felt like I was constantly, like, searching for certain, like, key combinations. I mean, function shift F9 was something you press at least every 30 seconds. Yeah. And then sometimes you just do function F9. Yep. If you want to move the power. Like, it is – we're not going to get into even what those mean, but it's just – like endless barrage of hitting certain key combinations well, and not even like just to put in the code, but like just to fire a laser or just yeah. to enter. It's, it's let's right. actually get into function shift F nine. And I know that sounds like I'm lying, but, but for real, <laughs> because I think it was an important and interesting uh, part of the game, uh, part of the strategy, which is, this is one of the buttons, one of three buttons that you can use to rebalance um, three elements of your ship, which is right. Engines, lasers, and shields. Yeah. Uh, those three things are constantly at a battle uh, with each other. So you increase your, the power to your engines at the expense of your lasers and shields. You can go faster, but you'll be easier to hit and you won't be able to shoot back as much. Right, and right. Uh, vice versa. So you're constantly playing with these things. It's such a cool thing in terms of strategy. What a great idea. And yet, in terms of figuring out how to play it, it's just really, really difficult. Yeah. yeah. It- it, that that's we'll talk about changes later but yeah that was something that definitely it felt like i even when i understood what i needed to press all the time there was never something where i could just kind of do it without looking i was constantly yeah. and then i was getting shot while i was trying to look for the certain keys i'd hit the wrong key i'd hit commit like caps lock it was i work on computers for 12 plus hours a day and i was still like fumbling all the time it was rough one of my uh, constant complaints whenever I was playing a flight simulator was this feeling of, man, this would be a lot easier if I was actually in the cockpit and had yes. the buttons laid out yes. in the right way. And I don't think when you're playing a simulator, you should think, wow, this would be easier if I was doing the real thing. <laughs> right, right. That's true. 
Yeah. So it just feel, felt like I was constantly losing my lasers because you run out of lasers, which is the first game ever. I think that you run out of lasers. Yeah. And they replenish. Uh, if they you're replenish the power to them, but slowly it's slow. and then yeah. you're moving your power between yeah. them and your I'm engines. Great. If you're trying to actually be in a dogfight and you actually want to win it, then you need to take your. It was just I mean, on top of that, let's say you had unlimited lasers, unlimited shields, maybe not unlimited shields, but better shields that regenerated faster. Even with that and not constantly having to be on the keyboard, the game was tough. Game was tough. And maybe the toughest part was I felt like. I was co- you played the you were a couple days ahead of me in most of this. And so I felt like I was constantly being like, Jason, like, what do I do? Like, I've died four times on this level. I yeah. spent the past hour and a half getting 15 minutes into the level and dying. And then my advice and having was great. no clarification for why. So what am I supposed to do? And then my advice was great because I would tell you to do something. You're like, yes, that's what I'm trying to do. And I was like, yes, I agree. It is. A, <laughs> you do know what you're trying to do. You're trying to do the right thing. It's impossible. Yeah. And that's that's something I'm learning because I've played more video games this year than I have in probably the past 20 years is that it, games are bad when not bad. That's a generalization, but it's not good when in a game you have to you do the same thing over and over and over and over. And the seventh time it works by not changing your strategy. Right. There right. should be an aha moment where you're like, oh, I need to aim for the, this monster's eye. And once you right. figure that out, you do it right and you go like not eight times right. of doing the same thing and eventually it works that that's what it felt like to me. Where it's like, well, I guess I'll just keep doing the same thing I've been doing for the past hour, and eventually, it'll just work. That's one of the things I've actually seen about um, Tie Fighter. Is one of the things that makes it better is that in Tie Fighter, you actually plan the strategy a little bit more. You have mm. more to do with that kind of before the mission. Again, I cool. haven't played it yet, or haven't played it in twenty years. Right. But um, because of that, at the end of the day, when you lose twenty-eight minutes into a thirty-minute level, yeah. you have no one to blame but yourself. Right. Um, so you got to re-strategize. You got to figure it out again. That sounds more like RPG or board game kind of strategy stuff, which is pretty right. rare in video games. So that's kind of right. cool, especially in the flight sim. But yeah, yeah, cool. true. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was thinking this game compared to other games. I played a lot of I recently. Actually, played a lot of um, Star Wars games that are flight simulators or space simulators. Uh, Rogue Squadron, Shadows yeah. of the Empire, but on N sixty four, Rebel Assault. We played a couple months ago on PC. And X-Wing, by far, is simultaneously the least intuitive, but also the most involved. Yeah. So it does, at times, seem like, in those other games, I'm like, hold down A, and then trigger whenever you want to fire. And that's kind of the only controls you need to do. So yeah. I understand this game is for people that, when they play those other games that have two buttons, you're like, I know there's more that goes into flying, and I want to hit those buttons. So let's play that game. And this yeah. is definitely the one for you that, that is that almost game. unlimited buttons. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so enough of us whining about it, because um, <laughs> I think we could do that for a while. That's true. Um, we have already a, for a couple of weeks. It was a traumatic experience. Yeah, uh, let's leave it at that. Um, we both played Tour 1. Before that, we fooled around with the training missions a little bit, but then just jumped into Tour 1. Right. Um, how far did I thought you, get you were then? saying... Two or one. Yeah, we played like, two no, we or both, one. We definitely both played one. I don't know yeah. why you're playing two. Two or one. <laughs> We've definitely one both played one. One or uh, two. Two, two or, or one. Two or one. <laughs> right. Not a three-er. Maybe a three-and-a-half-er. <laughs> a two-er. So, so let's put our cards on the table. Let's be honest. And uh, now that we've just bashed on X-Wing, let's don't bash on ourselves. Don't do this to me. What level did uh, you beat? Don't. Not get to, but beat. Uh... Okay, so I'm trying to think of the game I spent the most time on. Probably 
Secret of Monkey Island, and I yep. think it was twelve or thirteen hours. Yep. This what am I, I'm I'm getting defensive because I don't want to say I didn't spend a lot of time on this because I spent just as much time on this game as I would an average game, uh, and I didn't beat level four. Yep. Well, let me give you some good news, Ben. First off, let me brag: I finished the fifth level. Boom! Boom! Um, and, uh, but a little bit about level four level mission four is so tough that it became the star Wars expanded universe of the Kobayashi Maru. Now, okay. Ben, do you know what the Kobayashi Maru is? Is the Kobayashi Maru the thing in kill bill where she like hits him like four or seven times in the chest and he like takes three steps and dies basically, but star Trek and not, Oh, right. It's a different thing. Dang it. All the uh, Star Trek people are going to be pissed at me. They always are. Oh, I'm so glad there's no Star Trek games in the Lucasfilm universe. <laughs> also, that'd be weird. Oh, dude. Star Wars versus Star Trek versus Capcom. Come on. You'd play that. You'd just be Spock all the time. All Spock and E. Honda. How could you beat it? So. <laughs> Spock and E. Honda. How That's could all you, you need. beat it? All you need. Um, so the Kyle Maru is a test in Starfleet Academy. Uh, and it's an impossible test. You have to save it's the Wonderlict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the Wonderlict. Uh, no, you have going, to sorry. to save a um, a ship uh, that is in um, enemy or uh, neutral uh, area, and yet if you go into that area, you will start a war and be fired upon by uh, Klingon um, warbirds. What were they called? Anyway, I'm uh, I'm I'm losing the the thread. Battle hawks. Sure. Battle, Battle Hawks, Hawks 1942. 1942. Nailed it. <laughs> um, so uh, the Maru is this famous test. It's a no-win scenario. And, of course, Kirk famously uh, hacked the software and beat it, which is supposed to be, you know, this amazing thing that that's what makes him Kirk, uh, is he actually he, beat he the cheated? Maru. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he cheated. Because right. um, he, he said in real life there is no – there's no such thing as a no-win scenario. Mm. He refused to accept the what premise of it. What movie did this happen in? A uh, bunch. I don't Ra- know. It's, it's referenced a lot. Anyway. All right. I know it is. It sounded familiar. This you is... sure it's not the Wonderlick test? Yeah, it's the, the Kobayashi Maru is what All it's right. called. All right. uh, the Wonderlick test is what that too. quarterbacks take. Yeah. Um, so uh, in Star in, I'm sorry. In the Star Wars Expanded Universe novel X-Wing Rogue Squadron, mm-hmm. there's a train mission that's based on this mission. Not, as it, not only is it based on this mission, but it actually calls out Kean Farlander by name and says, you know, he did this amazing thing wow. that's basically impossible. And it's so impossible. Now we use it at Rogue Squadron Academy or whatever the training thing there is called. Uh, wow. and, and you can't, you know, you can't graduate until you get through this thing. Um, that's cool. And it's basically because it was so tough. If you want to look into that, it's called the redemption scenario where you've got to uh, protect a bunch of um, ships that have wounded people on them from some Thai bombers and fighters. And of course you have to kill the bombers first because you realize the Thai fighters can't do anything to the ships. It's the bombers that are your real trouble. See, I like the idea of star Wars stealing from star Trek rather than the other way around. And I right. know they borrow from each other a lot. Right. And JJ did the, the past couple star Trek movies, which were basically prequels to star Wars in style. Yeah. But I love the star Wars universe so much more than the star Trek universe, but I love the star Trek themes and commentaries and just like mean you know the yeah. meaning behind the stories are way much deeper and more meaningful than any anything star wars has ever done well and that's why i think it's the perfect analog to the kobayashi maru um 
if you call it the Star Wars version of the Kobayashi Maru. Yeah. And what I'm thinking there is uh, how many Trek fans are yelling at their podcast machine right now? Yes, podcast one. machine. Sorry, Corey. Um, there's one. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like, no, 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 no. The Kobayashi Maru is like this philosophical thing. It's an ethical question. It's complex. It's all this. You're just talking about something that's hard. That's right. it. That's Yours true. is just difficult. But like really but, hard. But that's the difference between Star Trek and Star Wars also. Right. That's true. Uh, Star Trek that's is going to get point. you into these weird ethical things to think about and really ponder. And it's based in a much more realistic universe. But in Star Wars, it's going to be something really, really difficult. But then you get through it because, you know, the force. <laughs> like me- metachlorians and stuff. They're on, like sometimes they're on the scale. Sometimes they're off the scale. Anakin is Jesus. It's cool. Right. Until he's not. Until he's not. And then Luke can be. Like in the Bible, when Jesus is Jesus, and then he passes his Jesusness off to someone else later on. I think you're thinking of the Da Vinci Code. My bad. Good times. All right. Okay. All right. uh, Now we've ragged on ourselves enough and said that this game was impossible, and I bragged about getting to the fifth level. Which yeah, I was hoping that wouldn't come up. Don't worry, listeners. That's nowhere near the end. That's not an accomplishment. Uh, No. I would um, love it. Maybe someday we'll buy some actual like joysticks with like 60 buttons on them. We'll program it. We'll come back to this game and be like, oh my gosh, this game is actually amazing. We were just terrible at it. We were doing it the wrong way. I hope someone writes in and tells us that. And they're like, no, no, this is the right way to play it. And we did it wrong or what? I don't know. But it, it, there's a lot of potential. A lot of thought went into this game. It was a gorgeous game for 93. Yeah. I thought it was beautiful. Um, but it's just not. Yeah, it was hard. So I think... We've complained a lot. I think we should probably get into maybe a couple suggestions we have for uh, yeah. for LucasArts. Maybe a few some, things we might change. Some constructive criticism. Yeah, here we go. All right, so now we're going to get into a few things that we talked about a lot that we might um, that we might want to change about the game. That whether they're going to do a remastered remastered version someday, or just this is the game we play in our minds after we throw the controller across the room. <laughs> we're like, yeah. I'm, I've had enough. Yep. Five hours of this game. I'm done with this single mission that i finished uh so we each pick three things jason why don't you start with your third we'll count down all right uh first off uh or third off nice clearer mission guidelines oh okay yeah um i just hardly had any idea what they were asking me to do i knew i was yep. supposed to protect someone uh i knew i was also supposed to kill someone also i shouldn't shoot other people and <laughs> what am i supposed to do again <laughs> I, this I, is the, I, would, yes. I would read the descriptions like five times. Guys, yeah. oh I, I've gosh. got a PhD. Like, it's true. I read stuff. That's, that's what I do. Right. And, and I, I'm sure that there are 12-year-olds who can outread these directions on me easily. Yeah. It was, yeah, this is my number one. Actually, you stole my number one, so I'm going to go second. Nice. But yes. yeah, number one for me was more guidance. It seemed like yeah. the most frustrating thing about it. I could deal with the slow controls. The fact that it was made 23 years ago is fine. Uh, that's what we're used to doing this show, but it was the lack of clarity and communication that I was constantly struggling with. And Akbar wasn't giving me anything. Uh, Yeah. I read those things two or three times and then I die four more times and I read them again two or three times. But like, I think a big one would be in game too. Cause there's one thing the mission was unclear. I think we, I think I was hoping that I was missing stuff in the briefing. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I'm not doing enough. I don't, I think it's overcomplicating it. I think the thing was in game. I wish there was more prompts for like, Hey, you should like, you should move your power from your lasers to your shields, maybe in the aft, like 20%. Here's how to do that. Press you know, press this and this and this right now. Yeah. I think that would have been super helpful because, yeah, in-game was the most frustrating. It felt like I got, I had a grasp once I got briefed. I was like, oh, this is what I need to do. It wasn't confusing, 
But because yeah. in game it was so rough, I felt like I was missing stuff in the briefing. But yeah, it was rough. Um, and you played the 1998 special edition, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I played the 94 or 95 CD edition, um, okay. which was, and the only reason I, I think that I played that and not the one you played is because I actually could get my wingmen to do things. And, and I found out that one of the differences is that in the special uh, edition, they removed that. Yeah. They, they wouldn't listen to me at all. Yeah. And so they would you, report in, but they wouldn't attack or like help me out or yeah. leave me alone or anything. One of the other things is you would occasionally hear things during it. Now it's nothing like the guidance you're talking about. Uh, it's yeah. much more subtle. It's got him. You know, when you found out that your wingman had just finally taken somebody oh, out and nice. stuff like right, that. Right, right, right. Yeah. But a little bit of something to to just not feel so alone out there in space. Yeah, exactly. It's a lonely place, man. In space, right. no one can hear you scream at your controller. It's <laughs> true. Or in my basement. Oh, my God. Okay, so number three for me was Simplify. I think yeah. a, an arcade version of this game might be my favorite Star Wars version of this game. It doesn't yeah. exist that I know of, but if there, let's, let's say there was even two, but like three of like versions of this game arcade one where you just have like throttle and lasers and choose your weapon or something like that like three or four controls a more complicated one where you like can pick lasers or shields which one do you want to give power to and then this one would be the most complex one yeah that would be really cool to have yep. those options to just be like i just want to jump in and like shoot at tie fighters for a half an hour yep because a simple version of this game would be more fun than any other star wars game doing that totally agree uh, they created such an amazing world with so much complexity. The yeah. missions, I mean, it really, really is cool. Yeah. Um, but it's pretty tough. Um, yeah. And uh, I think uh, Rogue Squadron was a little bit more like what you're describing, but I never played it. Yeah, I played a couple days ago, and it's, yeah, it, it was really, really cool. Uh, I'm trying to think of it because I've played a lot of uh, X-Wing since then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's all, oh no, I guess it's not all third person cause you can choose which camera angle you want. So it's not, it's, it feels more like a first person shooter in space, in air okay, rather than a flight simulator. Cause it really is just like go forward, go forward faster, shoot a little bit more star Fox. Yeah. Yeah. Very star Foxy yeah, yeah. less like linear. You're floating around and stuff, but like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not nearly as complex as I think people would like people who like this game. Wouldn't like that very much. I wouldn't sure. think. Sure. All right. So my second one, um, I want uh, either quicker training missions Mm -hmm. or some kind of like slot that I can put in an increase to my attention span um, in my head because I those training missions, I completed the first one, my first (laughs) lap around or whatever. And it took me, I don't know, six or seven minutes. And then it popped up one of seven or something like that. I I know. And I'm out. Yep. Done. Not playing this anymore. Nope. Um, so I just wanted the call of duty tutorial. So then 30 minutes I'm playing and I'm having fun. Yeah. Uh, I played for eight hours and I had very little fun. However, the fun I had was, was serious fun. Yeah. Uh, and I bet if I played for another eight hours, that ratio would have started to change. Um, yes. I was so yeah, yeah. turned off by it. it. It just hurt. It was really satisfying getting the X-Wings cause it didn't feel like luck. It felt like, Oh, I like, I, I got a lot better at it and, you know, com- hour two compared to hour eight. Yeah. I was getting pretty good at getting those X wings, but I was TIE still failing the mission or the thing. Yeah. Gosh, go me. TIE fighters. Yeah. I got, I got in the X wing. Yeah. I was really good at getting in the huh. X. wing. You were really bad at this game. 
<laughs> I kept took me failing the mission. Six hours to get into the X-wing. There's no oh, button. The only button the, involved the is the The Trekkies and the Star Warriors are going to hate us. Oh, it's rough. <laughs> we may have no fans after this episode. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Sorry, Brent. Brent will still <laughs> like it. He doesn't like Star Wars or Star Trek. There we go. <laughs> Why does he listen? <laughs> I don't know. Hey, Brent. Oh, I don't know. Hey, Brent. All right, so. My number two, is that where we're at? Or your number two? You already did I just did two. my number two. All right. So mine was, I don't know if I'd really like this, but I'd like, I'd be interested in a version of this game with more personal story to your character. Yeah. And I think yeah. there's more later on in the game, but still, there's never a whole lot of cutscenes with like you and your family or like you uh, and your dog. I don't know why I'd want a scene with my dog, but just more like personal significance to the character. Oh, you want Rebel Assault like, too. Yeah, I might want Rebel Assault too. <laughs> you do not. I might want a little bit, like a mixture of these two games, a little bit. I want um, more live action sequences. Yeah. <laughs> Please no. Um, uh, yeah, that's in, all I got. In their defense, I do want to say that the missions were actually worked together pretty well in the sense that what you did in the previous mission yes. actually totally. set up this mission. And that's, uh, yes. In yeah, terms yeah. of strategy, that was great. But yeah. really, really getting to know. Kayan, Kayan Farlander, Land Farther, Furlander. <laughs> yeah, wasn't right. like a good guy. I wanted to be him. I was him. More but anyway. This is number one for me. Yeah. More photon torpedoes, you oh. sadistic jerks. Luke only needed um, two. Yeah, yeah. He took out the whole Death Star with him. He's amazing. Uh, <laughs> I did not have the force. No, unfortunately that's, that's true um but no the short the short version of that is blowing stuff up is fun playing these missions is fun this game for me wasn't fun and i totally recognize that that's all about me that there are a lot of people who really really love these games i think we've right. made it clear that it's a different mindset but yeah i just wish they could have figured out some kind of easy setting to let barely functioning children like me enjoy the amazing <laughs> world that they had built which it really really is so so cool and i just yeah. felt like i wasn't one of the cool kids i couldn't hang yeah yep well, i'm exhausted <laughs> so so that's that's it that's our list right oh that's our list man all right i know you're exhausted i got something hard for you oh no ready yourself steal yourself for battle okay I've got a challenge for you, and it's really a challenge for both of us. Before we can stop doing this podcast, before Men of Low Moral Fiber ends, because it does have an expiration date. Yep. There are only so many LucasArts games out there. 32, I think, is the last count I had. Uh, We need to beat TIE Fighter. TIE Fighter. Beat it. And I say that You don't mean what I mean when you say TIE Fighter. You mean X-Wing? No, I mean TIE Fighter. (laughs) I mean the sequel. Oh, you're actually saying it right. Okay. Yeah. Um, because okay. I read a lot of articles that talked about how much better TIE Fighter was than X-Wing, cool. how it fixed a lot of the problems. Um, oh, and it, nice. it also wasn't even problems, but just improved on things that X-Wing was already doing and then did them better. Uh, awesome. it sounds really cool. I'd love to do that. Um, but I also realize it may take us a couple years to do that and I'm okay with that. Mm. Well, we both have, we, we bought it on GOG on the Star Wars sale a couple months ago. Exactly. So we both have it. Yep. So you think play a couple hours a month and we'll just kind of take notes as we go and whenever we're done, we'll record the episode. Take some time for yourself first. You know, heal. You need to rest up. Rebuild. Yeah. All right. I think that's a good idea. I'm excited. Do you fly TIE Fighters? You you do, right? Oh, yeah. You play for the Empire. In fact, one of the reviews that I read said the reason they loved it the most is because the Empire is actually 
you know, three dimensional. They're deep characters oh, cool. um, where there, there are good guys and bad guys within the Empire. Oh, um, cool. There's a lot of things going on there, which just that sounded really cool. That's cool. Well, I mean, dude, if the stormtroopers hadn't killed Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru, Luke would have been part of the Empire. He would have exactly. Gone up to, you know, he wanted to join the, with Dak or Wack or whatever his name Wedge? No. Dak I don't Prescott. Know what his name was. Dak Prescott and him wanted yeah. to join the Empire. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's about that time. It's about that time. This game's pretty fun. With frustration When I was all done I just had to question What's the beer, what's the song I can't always tell I just want to know What game is Westy 12 Alright, sorry uh, Sorry Westy 12, or sorry X-Wing I guess uh, Not quite Westy 12 yet um, But we're getting there We're getting there, we're getting closer One day we'll find the Westy 12 game uh, we got a beer and a song. What's that? You're out there somewhere, Westy Twelve. Somewhere. Uh, I'm gonna go first uh, with my beer. My uh, my beer is is for the expert, uh, not for the not for the noob, uh, but it's for kind of the connoisseur, video game connoisseur, beer connoisseur, uh, not for those who are new to drinking. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a very complex, not the most accessible beer in the world, and that's Bridgeport's Hopzar Imperial IPA, um, which I don't know if you've had Jay, but it's one of my favorite kind of go-to double IPAs. Yeah. It's a it doesn't great have this. You've had it. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't have the sweetness that a lot of other IPAs have. So it makes it a little less kind of accessible to a newbie right. or someone who doesn't like IPAs, but it just like hits you with a smack right. in the mouth of bitterness and hops and delicious piney goodness. Uh, yep. Just like this game. I mean, it's not quite as accessible as some of their flight simulators where you just press two buttons it's a little more advanced, not for someone who's new to flight simulators, but uh, but yeah, but still in the end, pretty fun game. All right, what do you got? Uh, so mine was uh, Morimoto Imperial Pilsner from Rogue. Morimoto. Morimoto. And my reason for it was um, it's one of the only Pilsners that I've ever liked. It's just not a style that I'm into. It's I think they're a little bit tasteless uh, mm. and that I have to work a lot to really appreciate them. Uh, like and Jackass. Even, yeah, even to appreciate the Morimoto Imperial Pilsner, I had to work. I had to say, okay, what's going on here? Let me think about it. Let me meditate on this beer. Interesting. Um, so if I had to play a flight simulator, it would be X-Wing. But in general, I'd rather play something else. I like it. That was good. That was good. You want to do your, uh, your my, song? My you song? ready to go? So my song is uh, a little ditty by an artist we all know and love named Marshall Erickson. And the song is, You Just Got Slapped. You just got slapped across the face, my friend. You just got slapped. Yes, that really just happened. Well, everybody saw it. Everybody laughed and clapped because it was awesome. I miss that Why show, man. You just got slapped. Oh, so good. Yeah. I miss so that gosh, show, I, man. I hope you cut some of my singing out of this. And just oh, I'll cut all it. mine for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Good. <laughs> oh, it's from How I Met Your Mother, the yes. hit TV show, yeah. How I Met Your Mother. Uh, yes. We like to be uh, ahead of the curve here. So we want to tell you about this show that's out. Um, it's been, you should uh, check it out. Been over for a couple of years, but uh, you know I don't think a lot of people heard about it. So it's no. called How I Met Your Mother, kind of a thing. 
Um, and go check out the alternate ending before you watch anything else. Yeah, we'll post that in the show notes on the site. So it's uh, if you didn't like the ending of of Hi Mim and you're like, oh, why did this happen? And then she killed her and oh my, they were twins. Yeah. Uh, then check this one out and you'll probably like it. I know my wife liked it a lot. I have a couple of friends who hated the original ending. Love this ending. So uh, check it out. But we digress. So, uh, yeah. <sighs> yeah, 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 X-Wing yeah. was awesome the way that I just got slapped, just like in the song. <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, mine is not just a song. I'm kind of cheating this week. Mine is the band Thrice. So anyway, air drum all these songs all day long, but. Uh, Thrice, one of my all-time favorite bands since, I don't know, like 10th grade. Still, uh, every time they come to the West Coast, I got to see them on tour, get every album, know all the lyrics to all the songs, that kind of favorite band. Uh, And like that compared to Star Wars, Star Wars is one of my favorite things in the world. The books, the movies, the music, boom. Love it, all the characters. Uh, But this game specifically, like Thrice can be, can be pretty complex. Thrice has a lot of time signature things, can be really heavy, can do some screaming stuff that isn't always the most enjoyable aesthetic or um, relaxing thing to do. But at the same time, what's that? Inaccessible. A little bit. Yeah, it can be. But at the same time, the more you listen to it or the more you play the game, the more uh, or the easier it gets, the more accessible it becomes and the more you can enjoy the depth of the lyrics uh, the depth of the gameplay, uh, and just the the beauty of all of it. Uh, there's no thrice song that that is without meaning. Um, it's just everything is just depth on depth, and just whether it's musically or lyrically, I love it. So it seemed like this game too, even though there's parts that were frustrating. It seemed like there was a lot of thought went into every single part of this game, whether it's the missions connecting. Um, or it was just the, the graphics or all of the crazy controls, just a really complex system that wasn't the easiest thing in the world. But I don't think they cared. I think they made the game they wanted to make. And it was a game that some people just freaking loved because it was yeah. so complex and difficult. Yeah. Um, and, you know, by getting good at that meant that they were good at something, not just playing, not just holding out A and shooting lasers occasionally like all these other flight simulators. But this is something you could actually improve at and get better at over time. So uh, if you yeah. If you want to check out some of the time signature funkiness for Thrice, we'll post a couple things in the show notes. But uh, Atlantic, Fire Breather, The Window, and my personal favorite Thrice song, The Melting Point of Wax, off of their like 2002 album, Artist in the Ambulance. Um, but yeah, just freaking awesome band. And the lead singer has actually a couple acoustic albums too, if you're into some lighter stuff. Dustin Kensrew, check it out. He's not paying me to say this. I'm really passionate about this band though. Anyways... Um, uh, what do we got? Uh, what do we got next? Um, I think we're, uh, we're heading out of here. We got to pick the next game and, uh, then say goodbye. Yeah, we are excited next month. Uh, we're inviting, uh, my, my now cousin, my wife's cousin, um, but now my cousin Richard Nile on the show, who might be one of the only people in the world I know that likes, uh, star Wars and Indiana Jones more than I do, which yeah. we might tie on. But he's, yeah. he definitely beats me in a few nerdy areas, and this might be one of them. So, uh, But we will be playing uh, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. I am so excited about that. I haven't played that since it came out. 
which is 91, 92. <laughs> I just looked it up. I was afraid it would come out in 93 also. 92. There you go. But you played this back in the day? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I thought it was pretty great. And I was so disappointed because for years there was a rumor in my school because we were all super nerds that the next Indiana Jones movie, there'd be an Indiana Jones movie coming out in the mid to late 90s. And it would be Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. That was the setup. Oh, that's right. Oh, man, I'm excited. I, I, I barely remember this. I, if at all, I saw you play it. I don't remember playing it much. But, yeah, I'm excited to play what's been described to me as Monkey Island, but with Indiana Jones, which sounds like the coolest mashup ever. Yep. Maybe a little less tomfoolery than Monkey Island. But, yeah, it's going to be awesome. So, uh, yeah, hopefully you can join us next month for that. And uh, I think that's all can we I, got for can you Can I today. just say that I'm really glad to get back to a point and clicker, a little something more my speed. Yeah. Oh, is this not your speed? Ah, Hamilton reference. Lafayette, take the lead. <laughs> I've been, let me just stop you there. Um, before we get out of here, I just got to say, you know, we're big fans yeah. of Mr. Robot. We've, oh, yeah. we've let that out before. We've been trying to figure out a way to connect this show to Mr. Robot. And with the penultimate episode, we're ready now. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In that episode, if you, if you pay attention closely, there is a, a reference to Maniac Mansion. So uh, this is it's all the, coming uh, back. One of the last episodes of season two you're talking about. One of the last episodes of season two. Episode, mm, final episode mm, minus one. Eight, nine, <laughs> something like that, yeah. They're all, all the episode numbers are screwed up because of double episodes and stuff <laughs> like that, so who knows. True, true. Uh, the finale, part one. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we'll uh, we'll figure out a way to, to get some more Mr. Robot in here. Don't you worry, my little uh, robot heads. Yeah, robot heads. I like it. Uh, yeah. So, lastly, uh, thanks, uh, thanks to Richard for kind of sitting down with me the first hour or so, uh, sitting down with uh, X Wing and just kind of basically reading me the controls over and over and over again as I tried to figure out the game. Couldn't have done it without you. Uh, and please, to everyone listening who's who's made it through this far, if you like our podcast, please go to uh, our iTunes podcast page and rate and review our show. Uh, that would be a huge help to us. That kind of helps spread the word. If you do like our podcast, that's probably the best way to spread the word. So uh, please uh, do that. And I think that oh, uh, one be- last oh, thing. Yeah. Um, we have started playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Uh, thank you for yeah, to Stranger Things for getting us into that. Something that. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I always wanted to play when I was 12, but was not allowed to because it was going to make me a serial killer. That's um, true. That's true. So glad I didn't do panic? that when I was 12. Is that what it was? Yeah. Satanic Panic. Yeah. 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 Um, the which, 80s. Yeah. We. For all you listeners at home, turned out to not be true, interestingly yeah. enough. Check out episode 463 of Stuff You Should Know's podcast, uh, Satanic Panic. I don't know what number it is. Yeah. But Good guess, <laughs> search, I mean, who knows? Search Satan on StuffYouShouldKnow.com, and it'll come right up. Really informative. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they actually have a full episode on Dungeons & Dragons, too, which a couple years ago sparked my interest. But yeah, we played our nice. first campaign this week. Uh, my wife played... Uh, Richard played with us, our friend Nick, who's been on the podcast too. Anyone you know, if you've listened to this podcast that knows us, is uh, is play- basically playing Dungeons and Dragons with us. And Jason, you were our dungeon master. How was that? I, I was. It was really, really fun. It was uh, super intimidating because, A, I've never played Dungeons and Dragons before. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. B, I've definitely, definitely never DM'd. And the whole thing with being a DM is you have to know everything. Yeah. Um, the great thing that I finally figured out is you just don't have to know it before it happens. Um, you can make it up right, as you go right. along. Uh, if you don't know the rule, the best thing to do in general is just to make a decision and then look it up later so that you don't screw it up next time. Um, so 
uh, it worked out. It was really fun. It was nerve wracking at first, but uh, the the players were very kind to me, and uh, we had a lot of fun. Yeah, and this is just to say that we played something that's loosely related to what the podcast is, which is, I guess, through Stranger Things, which was already loosely related to what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we had a great time. If anyone else out there is interested in, in starting to play Dungeons and Dragons or learning more about it, uh, you can ask us and we'll just send you a pile of bookmarks that we've been yeah. learning from and a bunch of links and stuff. So we definitely aren't experts yet. Yet We played one campaign, but we have learned a lot the past couple weeks and kind of setting all this up. Yeah, and if you have your favorite Dungeons & Dragons stuff, uh, an article maybe about how to be yeah, a good DM, yeah, yeah. send it our way. We'd, uh, we'd love to get it. Yeah, please do. All right, uh, I think that's all we have. I think I've said that three different times, but that really is all we have. Thanks again for joining us. I have been Ben. I will be Jason. And I am a mighty pirate. Let's just stay alive, shall we? See you guys. Later. Later.